This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Hey, it's ODB. You're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast, also known as OLP. This podcast is brought to you by the fine folks over at Custom Car Show Productions. They have three events now. They've had multiple over the years, including their flagship event every June in Biloxi, Mississippi, which is scraping the coast. They now also partner up with Sean Randall and team for Bayou Showdown. That's every November, the weekend before Thanksgiving in Slido, Louisiana. And don't forget, they team up with Keg Media and team for Orange Beach Invasion. That's typically every March in, simply, Orange Beach, Alabama, Orange Beach Invasion. Stay on the rise. Enjoy this episode. Where the bitches at, you know? Oh, I know know where they're at. They're over there at the Bottle Club. With Hank. Fuck Hank, man. Yo, 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 yo. It's our Lifestyle Podcast episode 303, I believe. And I heard someone coughing a second ago. That's either Hank. Maybe that's Hank, uh, you know, smoking something, or was that Miggity Mike the Mayor? Did we capture him from Gallivanting? Bro, it is Miggity Mike the Mayor. I am back. No Gallivanting for me tonight. I'm actually at home and sitting here with a cold brew in my hand, enjoying this beautiful weather after all this rain, and uh, just sitting here chilling, talking to ODB and the Airhead Nation. Dude, we got a lot to talk about this episode. We are going to have new audio. We're going to sit down with... A good friend of ours, Craig Frazier from Craig Frazier Studios, Air Syndicate, of course. Uh, he's one of our all-time uh, top streamed slash downloaded guests, and uh, he's back for this episode, all new audio, just to kind of check in, and it's going to be a fun one, Mike. The overview of this episode brought to you by Graphics Mafia. Hit up Buddy, and who was that, Ryan? Hey, Buddy and Ryan. At Graphics Mafia, G-R-A-P-H-I-X. Mafia.com, if you need to uh, replenish your stickers for your brand, maybe you need some light design work, uh, or you need to have a car wrapped. doesn't matter if it's going to SEMA or if you just need stickers for it. Graphics Mafia, they'll get you squared away. But Mike, dude, let's talk about some of the general updates, man, because you and I, we haven't had a chance to really sync up. You spent some time in Orlando with the family and stuff. How have things been? Bro, life has been freaking awesome and good. Thing we were able to, uh, uh, what was it, last Wednesday after work, uh, got back with the truck and uh, we hauled ass to Orlando. And and uh, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if everybody knows or not, but my daughter works at Universal, so she gets those good uh, hotel rates. But we got freaking um, Cabana Bay for fifty dollars a night. So uh, she came in on Tuesday. We got there Wednesday, and we were there till Saturday. And I just hung out, chilled, and, you know, went to the parks and enjoyed uh, the hotels up there. And, and uh, we had a great time. Uh, had really good food. And uh, then uh, on our way back, we got to uh, stop at Peace River and hang out with the, Mr. John Lopez and Kim and, and my buddy, George, you know, my buddy George for his birthday. They're at Peace River and go do the whole uh, mudding deal. And uh, so we had some good food there, some good people, and then called ass home and got home just in time for uh, mom and dad's uh, anniversary party on uh, Sunday. 
and uh, we had a bunch of family in uh, for that, and uh, they just finally left uh, on Tuesday, today actually. Uh, of course, we're recording on Tuesday, so it's been a busy uh, busy week, but uh, but lots of fun, brother. Yeah, and even before that, I think you, you went to the one show, then you had a weekend off. Unfortunately, we couldn't make the Spark show one of our favorite shows. You know, we talked a lot about last week on how epic it was and all the great comments out there about that event, but... Um, and then you had this family event. So it's kind of that balance, but it's also like we got to remind people, I mean, we're full throttle, full summer down here still uh, with a lot going, a lot of moving parts, right? Oh, well, yeah, I, shit. I totally forgot the week before that we were on our family vacation in Panama city. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been go, 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 but Hey, they don't call me the gallivant man for nothing. Right. Right. And dude, I mean, if I was a lawyer, I was trying to establish, uh, the case that you know you have been gallivanting, so I want the Airhead Nation know to, to know we're very lucky to have Mike to be able to sit down with us tonight, and we appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know about I don't know about lucky, but uh, definitely want to give a shout out to our boy Josh Ellis. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while, and he sent a message, so that was nice. And our boy uh, Relax Joey, uh, you know he he uh, he's been texting and and checking on me and and. Uh, uh, Scotty the body you know he always calls in and, and checks on me so I uh, definitely appreciate you guys and thank you for uh, for uh, for checking in uh, no life is good life is busy as always and uh, and uh, just 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 doing that gallivanting thing bro yeah you can't stop and and I was gonna say I think Josh is one of the you know one of my buddies that you know there's a lot of guys coming at you with these Mazdas dude they said they're pulling no punches and I said you know Mike is you are kind of shaking in your boots, you know, but, you know, you, you, you know how to kind of keep a level head when you kind of go in the war, you know, so I got my faith in you, bro. Well, it's funny that you say it got me shaking in my boots because I got a quick story for you in the Airhead Nation oh, shit. Uh, talking about talking about the Mazda. Um, uh, we had gotten back from our, uh, our, our vacation in Panama City and uh, we get back on, I believe it was that Saturday night. I think we got in like at 10 o'clock at night. And, um, uh, I was clean. I was up on the ladder, um, in the, in the, uh, in the garage and I was cleaning out the drain line for the AC, uh, with the shop vac. And so the water had spilled and it spilled on the ladder. So I went and, you know, of course that step that says do not step all the way at the top of the ladder. Oh shit. So I was standing on that and I stepped down. I slipped off and I fell off the ladder. And so I go flying off this damn ladder. Guess what? Guess what? Li- guess what I landed on and guess what saved me? Dude, did you go top ropes onto the hood? Top rope onto the hood, brother. Dude, man, so, I, w- I wish you had a security camera somewhere that was rolling tape, bro. Bro, I had never gotten so in much trouble from my wife. You okay? Oh yeah, man. I, I, of course, obviously it fucking blew out all my damn. I had blew, took my breath away, and I laid there for a little bit, and but I jumped right back up, came in, sat down on the couch, and she, you know, because she was putting stuff away because we had just gotten home, and she's like, "What's what's wrong? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I just fell off the ladder." She, well, you did what? I was like, "Yeah, I just fell off the ladder, and I'm I'm done. I'm not doing nothing else tonight." And, uh, and she goes, what'd you fall on? Said my truck. Oh my God. Are you serious? And she walks out there. She goes, holy shit. 
So, yeah, I got to get a new hood, needless to say. Dude. I mean, this is like you, I think, channeling your inner Cactus Jack, you know? And you knew, <laughs> you knew if you if you could hit that hood right, that gets scrapped full felt ham graphics or whatever you end up doing i mean maybe even calling you know craig frazier he might fly in you know and do a full deal i mean this is what many truckers you know dream of uh, something like this mike that that starts the snowball effect <laughs> but i'm glad you're okay man uh yeah me too me too and uh but hey life is good and uh nothing that my boy scott over at intense works uh can uh, can't take care of so I wanted to get that damn turbo hood anyway. Yeah. So that, yeah. So this is this is the reason why uh, I got to get a new hood. So let's go ahead and go get that other hood, and uh, we'll throw some graphics on it, and we'll be good to go. Dude, you'll be winning trophy. Well, I don't know, but you know, you'll be you know gallivanting in no time. Well, on the twelfth, since uh, we had Maddie's grandfather's birthday on the thirteenth. We went out to eat. We, we haven't been out a lot. Um, you know, we order in sometimes, but we eat at home a lot and stuff like that. But on the 12th, we went out with an old friend, his wife, his son, you know, Preston and him are days apart uh, in terms of age. And, you know, we had a good time. But I think Preston started feeling, you know, kind of like he had a cold on that Saturday, Sunday. Um you know, nothing too crazy. And then like Monday comes, you know, so they, they went to school like that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the 10th through the 12th. Well, when Monday came around, he was sick, take him to the doctor and you know, he's, he's sick and all that. So we all ended up getting sick, like pretty much was kind of a, he lounged around all that Sunday, the 14th, 15th, that whole week he was out of school. So, you know, he went to school three days, he was out five. We were all sick. Um, you know, I don't get into all, you know, all that stuff, but I mean, we were, you know, we were down and out, you know, um, nothing that we didn't feel like we were going to come back from, you know, thank, thank, thankfully, uh, for our sake. But, um, yeah, dude, I mean, it was like, it was weird. Um, towards the end of the week, I, I worked each day. I, I tend not to take a lot of sick time at all, but that Friday came dude. And I was like out of commission. I had went to bed at like six thirty in the afternoon Thursday, dude. I woke up six thirty in the morning Friday, took the day off, slept, and I mean I felt like when Monday rolled around, dude, like I felt like I was the biggest couch potato in the world, dude. Watched every Netflix show, every smut channel this and dude, I mean I was dude, I I, I was ready to get back to work, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the thing when you end up getting sick, and you're out of work for a while, and then it's like, man, I'm I'm ready to go back to work. Yeah, it was crazy. So we're all back in the catbird seat. But the general update is brought to you by our family, uh, Joey at Get Decked. If you've got a, a photo or some artwork that you want to put on a skate deck, hit up Joey. Just search Get Decked on Facebook or Instagram. Send Joey Dilworth a direct message, and he'll take care of you. The holidays are coming. Maybe you want to do a unique gift. Um, he's got all kinds of ideas, but of course, you know, you got to give him a little bit on what you're looking for. But Mike, if you're a show promoter, you need to get the skate decks. I think he's the number one supplier for the scene. And we can't thank the Airhead Nation and all the show promoters out there enough for jumping on board with the amazing Joey over at Get Decked. Oh, uh, that's uh, <laughs> every show should have some skate decks. And, um, and that's, that's an absolute must. 
I mean, you can basically take your artwork to a whole nother level uh, with the artwork from uh, Joey at Get Dex. Real deal. So, Mike, the last episode recap. Quick one here, but get this, dude. I went down memory lane last week, kind of right before I started to lose my voice. Thankfully, I was able to get some audio done. And I talked about when I bought my S10 25 years ago. Now, I always thought it was August. ended up being... I think July 30th of 97 when we signed the deal. Uh, and I think it took a week or two because I ended up having air condition installed in it. Talked a little bit about it. But, uh, dude, I went back and I found the original receipt. You know I got that for my wheels, my centerline wheels, dude. And I think oh, what, what I paid for four wheels, 17s, is pretty much like you can't even buy one wheel these days for that. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> So, yeah, good old, <laughs> yeah, good times. The only thing I forgot to mention was, you know, for a long time, the truck was known as Severed U, and it was kind of tied into Severed Ties, and it was severing the competition. But as time went on, and Matt had moved, and the project kind of ended up with Jimmy, at, you know, Jimmy's Running Customs, I, I transitioned the name of the truck. Um, you know, and it kind of, I've talked in the past, you know, the cha-ching, that kind of ring off the tongue. That's kind of how I came up with the name Bada Bing, right? And being a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a fan of the Sopranos. So it is crazy, Mike, how 25 years can blow by. You know, when we're younger and our parents are like, oh, one day, you know, you, you, you know, my mom used to say, you don't understand. 20 years is going to go by really quick. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mom. And then now, like, I'm like, dude, my 25th uh, high school anniversary was recently. Of course, they didn't do anything for it. But I was like, damn. Well, I just can't believe that it's been that damn long. That's what I can't believe. Yeah, and my understanding was you just passed, what was it, your 30, 35th high school deal? Or 35, 30? Because you, you graduated like in, I think it was what, 86? 86. 86. 96. Yeah, 86. Yeah, 86. Okay, we'll go with 86. <laughs> yeah. Them, dude, I heard you had the baddest mullet mobile and nobody would mess with you, bro. Bro, I had a mullet that was curled. It was beautiful. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, if they if they could I think some of these guys in the Stranger Things, I think they've taken your likeness, dude, from that era. So just be on the lookout in case you can kind of throw any lawsuit over there. Uh, <laughs> I love that show. I would never throw a lawsuit that way. True that. Last episode recap brought to you by our family at the biggest baddest truck show in the world, Lone Star Throwdown. It's going down next. February in Conroe, Texas, the last weekend. Hit up LoneStarThrowdown.com or on social media for more information. Mike, it is sold out, but I tell people this. You will have just as much, if not more fun, going to an event where you don't have a vehicle, right? You can maybe get a beer, kick back, have some fun, go out with the homies at night. You don't have to worry about anything. And a lot of times you're going to just jump back on a plane, fly home, or worse comes to worst, drive home, you know, the next day after you slough off a damn good time in Conroe. But, Mike, they got to get out to Conroe, Texas, don't they? Uh, that's always, bro. That's a must. And um, <clears throat> registration is already done. It's already full. So we just hope and pray that those mini trucks got in and got their uh, got those mini trucks registered. Yep. Yeah, and Mike, you know, I, I talked to Lonnie, and I go, you know, that whole idea that you had about buying like 50 of them and then kind of that website you got set up, he goes, hey, tell Mike, 
pull the plug on that deal. He goes, we ain't doing any transfers, dude. Like, Mike ruined it for everyone. Oh, no, Hank, <laughs> Hank, Hank, sorry. Hank ruined it. Yeah, I was about to say, I think Hank was the one that was behind that. Right, it was something about, you know, switcheroo, <laughs> something. But LoneStarThrowdown.com. So, Mike, I got one question for you. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Now it's time to get serious. Uh-oh. Bro, I have been off so long, and I'm I'm rusty as hell. Dude, you're going to you be know. fine, I think, dude. We got to get you in the catbird seat. Now, listen, last week, Ruben pulled the nose up, right, on the plane because he was able to come through clutch, dude. Remember, remember they used to call um, Robert Ori. Uh, I forget his nickname. Was it Big Big Dog Ori? Big something. I mean, Robert Ori came through some of the most clutch. I think he's got like he came through in the biggest moments. Yeah, he's got some like six, seven rings. You know, Houston, L.A., all that stuff, right? But um, Ruben was the Robert Ori last week. He came through big with an LL Cool J. You know, kind of in that era, September '90. We were talking about you know, Mama said knock you out. You know, and I had a little verse in there that I had for you that I was going to talk about. That time at the Spark Show, you know, the shot that was heard around the world. But I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, Mike, is going to be fun for the Airhead Nation. I'm hoping you can get it. Um, I I don't know this stuff inside and out. But, dude, this one's, an, I think, maybe an easy one. What are the names of the four TMNTs, which are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? A beloved, a beloved cartoon, Nickelodeon. I think there's a whole big story behind it, but it's still a big thing even these days. Well, we got to start off with Michelangelo because yes. you know, you know, and I believe there's Donatello. Yeah, and I believe there's Raphael. Yeah, and shit, you said four. Which one am I forgetting? Donatello, Michelangelo. His name was even on a hammered weekend wear shirt. Uh, Hank? Hank was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? <laughs> Not Hank, but your homie. You got a homie. We got a homie in the state of Florida that is named after a TMNT. And Scotty his... the Body was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, he could be. He could have been one of the guys in the, the uh, live-action movie. In... Oh, that's true. He was probably Splinter, though. He was probably the... <laughs> The you old, know the, the old the body wise double. one, yeah, the old wise yeah, one. Yeah, he he was probably the body double for for uh, for Splinter. Um, Splinter was OG, wait. bro. <laughs> was Josh Ellis one of the uh, teenage mean? Oh wait, he's not in Florida. My bad, my bad. Um, and we're not talking April O'Neil. She doesn't count either. Neither does Splinter. Oh, April O'Neil. She was so hot. It starts dude. with an L, dude. I already got, said Leonardo. Yeah, no, you got the no. You didn't say that one yet. Yeah. So you Leonardo. said Michael. My, you said Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael, Raphael and then Leonardo. And Leonardo. Right. Daniel so there you go. Ding, ding, Come ding. On, because, dude, what you're down? You're now up to two point two five again. Because remember, if you go negative, I mean, we've I've got you know your your PayPal information, so we'll just transfer it. You know, the hundred dollar deal. Fuck it out. And what we're trying to do is keep the incentive there, Mike, for you to be studying at night, you know, when you're driving, you know, the mail truck and you're thinking of all these 80s and 90s stuff. So that's the only reason we're doing it, you know. Ah, 10-4, 10-4. Well, now just remember one thing, though. I should not ever be driving the mail truck at night. <laughs> True. So it, 
if I'm driving the mail truck at night, there's a serious problem. All hell's broken loose. Oh, man. There. Trivia with Mike brought to you by our family at AccuAir. AccuAir is back. You can uh, order uh, arguably the the best air management suspension systems or air management in general in the industry, AccuAir.com. They've got AccuAir Life where you can submit a photo of your ride uh, to be potentially featured in social media. But they also um, offer Mike uh, new gear. So they've got shirts, all kinds of different merch. I love, I'm a big fan of the air freshener. Uh, it's only five bucks. So hit up AccuAir.com. Absolutely. Also, a major sponsor for Eastbound Get Down, January 13th through the 15th. Pre registration will be opening up August 31st. That, if I'm not mistaken, that's eight days away, brother. Dude, I can't believe it. EBGD is going down in the state of uh, what country? I mean, county isn't in my, I mean, city isn't in Mike. Well, the county, um, I believe, is that is that Orange County? No, it can't be Orange <laughs> County. Uh, but regardless, it's Ormond Beach, Florida. It's over at the destination Daytona, right there off of I-95. You can't miss it. I mean, it's the world's largest Harley-Davidson dealership. Hells yeah. So, Mike, a few more things before we roll into the audio with Craig Frazier. Uh, the scene updates, you know, I know, again, you've been super busy. You obviously got the plug for uh, EBGD, Eastbound Get Down. But um, I haven't been on social media as much, even though, like, I was at home and I was kind of down and out, you know, in terms of the health. Um, I was focused on a few other things that gave me some opportunity to go through some old photos and whatnot. But, uh, man, anything that you've kind of has piqued your interest out there as far as the, our truck scene fan? Well, once again, let's give – you had already mentioned – um, the spark show, Dizzy, Adam Tripp, hats off to you guys, Corey, um, uh, Michelle, the Boons, you know, all those guys, everybody that is involved with the spark show, hats off, congratulations, year nine, what a success, next year, same spot, same, same weekend, same bat channel, Surrealville, Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Make sure you guys are ready for year 10. Next year will be 10 years of the Spark Show. So be ready for that. Hats off to our boy, Eddie Gordy. Um, went represented with his Mazda mini truck at the the Atlanta Lowrider Show. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he won best of show um, truck, I think is what it was. And uh, so hats off for him to be able to, and with him qualifying, now I believe he gets to go to the uh, Las Vegas Lowrider show. So uh, that's a real big deal. So that's really cool. Congratulations. While you're thinking of the next one, Mike, I want to give a huge shout out to all of my severed ties, sisters and brothers that made, uh, they descended upon Indiana for the 30th anniversary celebration. I really wish... I would have been able to go this year. I ended up being sick, so even if I had been scheduled to go, I would have had to cancel, unfortunately. But I saw a ton of photos thanks to Matt Weathers, dude. I don't know if you know, Matt Weathers drove from... This is a driving fool, man. Uh, He drove from the Pacific Northwest, literally like Washington, all the way to Indiana for, you know, a badass show. Uh, He linked up. With um, with one of the homies from Severed, Oregon, all the way across, you know, sending me photos, videos, and uh, I got a lot more to share. But Severed in the or Severed in the Midwest uh, was was awesome, and I know Toasty. Shout out to the big homie. I I, I hate that I missed you, man. Uh, he came in from Australia, Mike. So I mean, you're talking about some gallivanting world travelers, bro. 
Yeah, no shit. And the one that I was going to say was our boy Joey um, yes. just got done with uh, with his show, Attitude Check 10. Uh, so hats off to him and his whole crew um, for pulling that off. And, um, uh, you know, we talk about his skate decks and the raps and, and just everything that he is, that he does and is involved with. Um, but to be able to put on a show, uh, for 10 years is, that's pretty amazing. Um, so, you know, Hey, and our, and our boy, um, the, um, the custom scene podcast, of course, was there and, uh, you know, had plenty of coverage and plenty of pictures and, 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 uh, so definitely check those guys out. Um, but those were definitely the, the, the things that I was thinking of, uh, when you had asked about, um, uh, you know, stuff on social media or, you know, just the scene in general. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, dude, I tell you, um, and Joey, keep us, keep us honest next time. It just had slipped my mind. We didn't even have it on the calendar, unfortunately. But, um, what I did see is I saw, you know, a lot of people that I wouldn't expect maybe, you know, I forget sometimes how far places are to go, you know, from different states, but there was a lot of support at Sever to the Midwest, but also at Joey's show. Um, there were a lot of people that, you know, were saying, hey, I'm, I'm going out to Attitude Check. So, you know, it's it's really good to see, um, you know, even that one, it kind of fell a little bit out of our scope and we didn't hit it like we needed to. Um, there were, you know, there's people out there that still know people are on Facebook, they're on Instagram, um, you know, so I encourage people, you know, find that stuff. You know, if you click on your phone or tap that, you know, you're going to go to that show. A lot of times I think even Facebook now integrates and it goes, do you want to add it to your calendar? And then boom, it, it says what calendar, home calendar, family, whatever. So, you know, Facebook is a very easy way to manage, you know, what shows are out there. But uh, it's great, Mike, to see all the continued support. Now, in addition to that, speaking of shows, Phil Fowler, we recently re-ran his audio, and so many people, you know, Phil's just a great guy, but Phil had posted on August 21st, you know, every year I think of the amazing times they had at the uh, end of summer bash, 20 years of great time, so, um, you know, they they sunsetted, uh, so to speak, you know, pun intended, um, you know, kind of with that, but they've sunsetted that show, but obviously a lot of memories and that's a show I wish I had made it to over the years and uh, a lot of good memories I'm told. So Mike, I think that's going to do it for the scene updates this week. If there's anything that we missed, we'll hit you back next week with those. Uh, we want to thank garage gear clothing. Uh, the holidays are coming, as I said earlier, and there's one of the best brands out there that covers the men, the ladies, the kids, and you can go to garagegearclothing.com, and one of the unique aspects is they offer free shipping in the U.S. They're constantly refreshing the site. Please, if you can, order some merch before the end of the year. Let them know OLP sent you, and uh, they will take care of you the best they can. So, Mike, next we got the key show updates, and um, this one's going to just be kind of what we reiterated last week. So, uh, unfortunately, we did you know miss covering Joey's show. We'll make sure we hit upon that next year. But in uh, two weeks, is dropped and destroyed. So uh, you can go out on uh, their Instagram. It's like D-R-O-P-T-Out-Com is their official Instagram. But that is in Uniontown, Ohio. It's a dropped and destroyed. Uh, that same weekend is Static National. So Rogersville, Tennessee. And that is, uh, I think, the Friday Saturday, or Friday, Saturday deal, I believe. That's on our OLP calendar. You can subscribe, go to ourlifestylepodcast.com. On the left, click the digital show calendar. 
uh, once you click on there, tap here. And if you've got an iPhone, it'll let you subscribe to the calendar. The weekend after that is a lowdown in Laughlin. And I know that is tied into Seductive Minis. They've got more information, including an official site out there to buy your tickets. I think that's it for the key show updates this week. Thank you so much to the West Coast Influence. If you didn't know, now you know you can go to minitruckfilm.com. You heard that right, minitruckfilm.com. Order the Blu-ray or DVD. Let Radar know that we sent you. He'll take care of you the best he can. And they're great folks. Add it to the collection. Again, holiday's coming. There's no excuse for you to be a mini trucker and not own this Blu-ray or DVD. Mike, uh, any podcast updates for him? Bro, only thing I got to say is uh, be on the lookout. OBI, Orange Beach Invasion, dates for 2023 will be announced very, very soon. Um, Talked to Lauren the other day, and um, uh, make sure you get in and get your um, your spots on the main course. Um, and just be on the lookout because Aftermath is coming hard this year, brother. I'm telling you, this is our new this is our this is our show. And uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of aftermath at OBI next year. So this is our favorite show, hands down. Um, one of the best venues you could possibly go to in the whole scene. Uh, so make sure you guys stay tuned and pay attention to these days for OBI. Because uh, that, that will be opening up. The registration will be opening up here pretty damn soon. Yeah, I can't wait. And we got to give a huge shout out to Custom Car Show Productions. That includes Scraping the Coast. Bayou Showdown, Orange Beach Invasion, of course, uh, three of the, the the most fun shows you'll go to out there. And, of course, uh, we can't wait for OBI. I know there's a lot of uh, people anxiously awaiting for dates, the new website, and things like that. So big shout-out to Orange Beach Invasion. That's going to be probably mid to later in March next year. But, again, we'll have more information, as Mike mentioned. Mike, we did have one more uh, review this was Burt Harvey. Thank you for the show. I enjoy every episode. Grew up with mini trucks, low riders, reading and collecting mini trucking and trucking. Y'all are bringing back the great memories and letting it be known. So uh, thank you so much, Burt. Uh, huge shout out, homie. Burt Harvey, uh, stay on the rise, my brother. We appreciate you tuning in, man. Mike, that's going to do it for the podcast updates this week. Um, Airhead Nation updates, dude. Um Listen, there's there's been a lot going on um, out there. There's a lot of good people, all the listeners, and we just want to give, again, uh, kind of a – I'll just say a big shout-out to everyone. Um, one of our most loyal uh, followers, and he's on one of our shirts, kind of that OLP verse, as I call it, is Brad Spear, is William Spear. And William, Mike, I don't know if you saw this, he hung out with us at Mini Nats, one of our favorite shows, every April – in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. But, dude, you remember he drove all the way across the country. He trailered his beautiful lifted Toyota, okay? He posted the other day, Mike, and said, I met my biological father yesterday. This was on the 18th he posted it. For the first time, and today we were at a gun shop. We found out about each other back in May. We've been talking on the phone every week since. So yesterday he surprised me. I have two sisters, too. I will meet a, one of them in November, if not both. And, Mike, you talk about an Airhead Nation update. You know, of course, giving a whole shout-out to everyone. But this one is a huge good feeling. I mean, dude, imagine that, dude. Will, William Spear, one of the best guys you'll meet out there, great mini trucker, and uh, what what a good feeling for him. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
something like that is uh, is definitely a special moment, and uh, that's really cool that he shared it with everybody and uh, on on social media. With that being said, we want to give a huge shout out to Hammered Weekend Wear. That's H A M M E R D Weekendwear.com. They got some of the coolest uh, shirts and apparel in the industry. They feature uh, what kind of builds, Mike? Uh, I do believe it's real builds. Real builds. If you don't uh, want to take our word for it, hit up H A M M E R D Weekendwear.com. They've got new hats, Dig Delonus, Code Red, you name it, sticker packs available, banners. They've got a lot of cool stuff. Show them some love. Mike, I think that's it. We are going to roll into new audio, although this should have been our week off. We did kind of owe an update. Um, I know you've been out busy. Uh, I've been a little under the weather, so we kind of owed that update. We're probably going to roll with the best of maybe next week and possibly the week after. We'll see. But I can't wait for everyone to hear the new audio with Craig Frazier. And, Mike, they just got to stay tuned. Sounds like a plan, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for everything you do. And uh, Airhead Nation, uh, everybody, uh, stay low and stay out of trouble. We got you. We'll hit you next week. Later, Mike. All right, brother. See you. Hey, hey, it's ODB. We're getting ready to roll into Craig Fraser's audio. Just a reminder, this is brand new audio. So although we had Craig on in the past and we did recently run his audio as a best of, we have sat back down with them, and man, it is a fun interview. So stick with us if you're on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate it. This interview is brought to you by our family at Custom Car Show Productions, which, as you heard earlier, includes uh, several events, Scraping the Coast, Bayou Showdown, and of course, Orange Beach Invasion. One thing that um, Craig wanted me to do, I, I know we kind of got off on a tangent talking about a lot of stuff. He said, hey, do me a favor. I forgot to give a huge shout-out to Pirate. Pirate is one of his right-hand guys over at Daniel's Woodland uh, or Woodland. Um, You will hear us talk about that. They had a TV show for a while, and uh, they've expanded, and they're doing some cool stuff. So without further ado, thank you guys so much for the support. Stick with us. This is uh, a really fun interview, and uh, we'll hit you guys next week. Stay on the rise. We out of here. Hey, hey, as I mentioned, super excited to sit down with Craig Frazier again. And uh, it's been a few years. And Craig, I just wanted to say, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on our Lifestyle Podcast. Hey, my pleasure, man. Uh, I had a blast last time. It doesn't seem like it's been a few years since just the other day. I know. Time flies, man. And, you know, last time we talked about so much cool stuff. But I kind of wanted to just start and and say, you know, I, I follow you closely on some of the cool things you've always got going on. And it, you you never cease to amaze me on, on you know the hustle that you got and whatnot. But um, you know, kind of maybe give us a few updates. Like, what have you been up to the last couple of years? Well, um, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I remember I remember in the last podcast I made a comment about um, you, you had talked about uh, I, I mentioned diversity and changing things up and and uh, you know making sure because if if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again you'll, you'll just get bored and burned out. And uh, I wasn't bored or burned out in the automotive industry, and I was having great time still uh, working with Dion at Cap Concepts, and I still do. I still work with them. But I just was kind of looking for something else, and I had already started working with Disney as a licensed artist back then. I think I'd just gotten um, – I can't remember if I just got signed on or not though, when I first talked to you, but I, I was doing stuff for Acme and Lucasfilm and then, um, and then also with Disney. And – 
when I was doing the 50th anniversary uh, Mansion guitars, um, what I did for Mark Vinorex, I, uh, I I met these guys, uh, Ron and John Daniels from Daniels Woodland, and with the art, it's a scenic company over past Robles, and they specialize in, uh, they do a lot of shooting galleries, but real high-end, fully animatronic shooting galleries. They also do uh, tree houses. Uh, a lot of people may have remember seeing a show on TV called Redwood Kings. Yeah, and that was their show. That was their show. And uh, they also do scenic work for Disney and uh, all the big theme parks, as well as restaurants and and other companies uh, out there. And uh, really produce a lot of really interesting fine artwork and stuff. It's, it's more than just you know tree houses or wood, even though their name is Daniel's Woodland. And um, I had met him there because we had a bunch of, uh, of 50th anniversary pieces we were releasing there at the, during the anniversary event. And I uh, started talking and I started doing some work for him on the side, mostly just airbrushing. He, but he brought me in to do some work for uh, Great Wolf Lodge, uh, Peyton and Dragons, and, um, and doing some large-scale murals and large-scale painting of uh, different items. And I was just mostly working as a freelance artist at the time. And then... Uh, it was really easy. It was like an hour and a half away from Bakersfield. So I was working on a project for a local winery, Kelvin James Winery. It was actually a 3D printed crow, a big six foot long one. And he wanted it painted. And we were talking. And he said, why don't you just come and work for us? Wow. And I was like, well, I kind of already am. And they're like, no, no, we, we want to bring you in as uh, the creative director of project manager here. And so it would need, it would need me moving. And it was a big step up. And plus, Funny thing is, I hadn't, and I even told them this. I said, you know, I, I haven't clocked in on a job that a company that had a time clock since 87. <laughs> wow. And that was murder. And you know what happened to that store. So I don't know. Do you really, <laughs> do you really want to take a chance with me on this? And, and um, it was just kind of, it was kind of funny. And I didn't take it seriously at first. And I, at that time, also been looking at possibly working with Createx. And I mentioned in my, our last podcast mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of a product design and development for companies, and one of the ones with paint, you know, as well as House of Color, but Createx I was doing a lot of work with. Well, Createx actually wanted me to move out to Connecticut and start working with them. And um, so I had a couple of different offers. And then I also was looking at possibly going to Vegas and working with a buddy of mine that has a, a, a custom shop up there, just looking to just kind of just do something a little bit different. Um, yep, yep. Simon was out of school, looking to go to Cal Poly, my son Simon. And uh, this this job just opened up really kind of an interesting opportunity where we decided to give it a shot. So uh, Donna stayed back and got the house all ready to sell or not sell in case I changed my mind. And for about a couple, about two or three months, I lived in a fifth wheel trailer behind the shop with Daniel wow. Wow. And uh, Simon came out with me because all of a sudden Simon's kind of interested in working there. So I got him a job just really being low 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 level painter and possibly doing some stuff with a 3D printer. Next thing you know, he's actually running a 3D print shop. Wow. Uh, he turned out to really know a lot more than uh, people gave him credit for. And uh, the 3D printer guy that he had there left to go do other things. So Simon took over. And if you know much about 3D printing, he had a massive at 1800, which is one of the largest 3D printers out there. It's got a build base of about four foot by four foot by six foot tall. Wow. You can stand inside this 3D printer. And uh, we can actually print life-size mannequins with it, and it's fast. It's really fast. And it's a pretty high, pretty nice machine. We use quite a bit for our job. And uh, Simon just took to that right away. So it was me and Simon living. I should make jokes when people say, well, where are you staying here in Pasto? And I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm living in a van down by the river. I gave the whole Chris Farley, you know, it was a running joke. I, I, and so I, we decided to stay. We found a, a nice piece of property up uh, near Lake Nassi uh, uh, you know, right above Paso. It's, it's central coast wine country. It's nice. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. I tell people it's like retiring, but actually working a lot more. And I never thought I, I, I found I worked hard in the past. This, this was one of the hardest jobs because, man, 30 years of freelancing. And granted, you know, me and Dion, we'd always work together on things. We always did our own thing. Yep. You know, I never, the most I had underneath me was maybe t- 10 or 20 people at SEMA are at, at a trade show. But that was for a couple of weeks and they're going, you know, I don't feel them anymore. So here's a little bit different. I've got, I mean, I got a couple of departments that I, I manage here as well as uh, I still do the art directing and I do a lot of the creative, involved the creative development of products. Uh, but it's just really kind of fun. If people want to go online, our website, <laughs> I'm not a web designer. We're looking to actually improve on the current site, but just uh, danielswoodland.com or check out our Instagram page and you can see some of the stuff we do. We're, we're going to be uh, upgrading a little bit more. We're going to create an entire A just for the 3D print um, uh, department. But uh, And what is it again? Because it was a little hard to hear there. So it, it, say say the website one more time. Oh, danielswoodland.com. Yep. Just in, it's just Daniels Wood and Land. Yep. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. And and like you said, those were the guys that were behind that show that was the Redwood Tree Show. And, and like all, all of those commissions and stuff they were doing, that was like one mm-hmm. small thing they were doing at that time, my understanding. Yeah, these started out doing uh, uh, chainsaw carving and doing the trees and then started doing the, the high-end shooting galleries. And uh, and then it just kind of blew up from there. And uh, so they it, it, it built a new facility uh, over in Paso from their old shop. So by the, the, the time I had worked for them was at their old shop. So it was during COVID where the, uh, the kind of shut down the shop because everything shut down. Uh-huh. Disney shut down, Universal shut down. <clears throat> uh, but was kind of, uh, they, they kind of pivoted. They started making gowns uh, for, for the um, for hospitals and for the government. I think it's called PTE or whatever. Right, the, the PTE. right. Yeah. So they went into doing that and they went from a 60-person shop that cranked out scenic uh, items for theme parks to uh, they, they got two more buildings and they were up as high as 2,000 employees cranking out about 420,000 gallons a week. Holy crap, and like gowns for like hospitals and stuff, just so everyone knows. Hospital gowns, yeah, yeah. And so they did that and that literally carried them through COVID. And it allowed them to come in and start doing some of the scenic work and where a lot of companies really just had to close the doors because of COVID, they were able to keep theirs open because of that. And uh, plus, they had a lot of little customers. You know, everything with Disney came back, Universal came back. Everyone came back. Yeah. Uh, it's still coming back to an extent, you know. So uh, that's, that's pretty much it. And people that ask me, oh, so you don't pay cars anymore. I'm like, no, in the meantime, I, I still, when, when Dion needs me, I, I zip over to Bakersfield. And if I have to stay a couple of days, I either stay at my in laws or we still live in Bakersfield. Or uh, Dion can always bring the motor home by the shop and I'll just crash there. It's not like I. It's not, it's not like I had I, I was stranger to staying in a van down by the river. So I can I can literally like, I'll do that any time. And we uh, we cranked out a a Corvette, one of the newer Corvettes for um um I don't care what names. Uh, he's a guy that has the, the drop as a kid truck, and he he also uh, and this Corvette's kind of cool. It's a dual yeah. personality Corvette. You look at one side it's candy purple, and the other side are insane just nutcase graphics, very similar to the murals and graphics I did on the drop as a kid. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, going back to like what we talked about before and what we're talking about now, like the importance of being able to pivot and move and, you know, not yeah. everybody maybe has that um, ability, right, depending on their trade and stuff. But, I mean, certainly people can learn new things. And like you said, like to maybe, you know, we often hear stuff like where we talk about going outside your comfort zone a little bit. Maybe you take a job that you're like, man, do I really want to be on the clock and that type of thing. But like you've kind of proven and so has, you know, Daniels Woodland that, you know, you have to be, if you can do that and you can adapt to your environment, like how, you know, how successful oftentimes people come out on the other side of things. So Yeah, it, it, you made a comment that not, not everyone can do that. And I disagree. Not everyone likes to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, like if you like to do it, you're probably a sociopath. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, change is necessary. People yes. that like change tend to be like, there's a the kind of people that love change, and those are little anarchists love to watch the world burn. You know, change sucks, but it's inevitable. If you're not going to be the reason for change, or you're not going to be the person instituting change, uh, or at least the person riding the wave of change, you're going to be a person beat over the head by it. Yep. It's going to happen, no matter what. And it actually takes more energy <clears throat> to keep things the same. To keep things at the status quo takes a lot more energy than to change. Uh, I use the analogy of dog paddling. Uh, dog paddling is not swimming. That's why it's not an Olympic event. Uh, it, it, all it does is keep you alive, uh, hoping someone will come and rescue you. That's not a strategy. That's circling the wax. That's <laughs> absolutely the worst strategy known to mankind. Yep. So the thing is, is that, you know, you use more energy dog paddling than if you were just swimming. And in swimming, you can at least go in a direction. Even if it's wrong, hey, you're still expending less energy, at least you're moving. So I tell people, I go, change can be scary. It's not always the best thing. Uh, you always have alternatives. You know, there's always when people say, oh, you know, I'm not saying like up to everything. You know, I went there for three months and I was fully prepared to leave <clears throat> if it didn't work out. I was fully prepared to go back to Bakersfield. I was fully prepared to do something else. And, uh, but I remember when I started working with Cal Concepts and being on back in the early 90s, uh, when things got tough, I always, back in my head, I always had an alternative. I could always go back to architecture. I could always move back to Italy. I could always go back to doing something else I, I liked doing before, but the reason I wasn't doing it any longer is I was kind of bored of it. Yep. And and so that's the one thing is is if you know if you know where you came from, then you're not afraid to have to go back if you need to. But you, you at least should look forward to change. And uh, I had a funny because right first like the first week I started here, I came back. I was coming back every weekend. I would stay work here all week. And on the weekends, I come back to Bakersfield. So I did that like literally for three months. Um, and while I was coming back, one of my buddies that I grew up with in high school uh, said, Hey, we're having a barbecue. We're get together. And these guys always get together. And uh, for some reason, most of my friends from back in the 80s, uh, they, they were all in the professions like firemen, uh, first responders, police officers. Uh, they worked for the penal you know, for the prisons, or they were ambulance drivers. And for some reason, everyone kind of went into those those directions, uh, mm-hmm. those professions that are usually 20 to 25. You're, you're out with killer pension and, and, and your love and life. So they would always joke whenever we talk. They'd always talk about their work and their job and their 9 to 5 and whatever. And then and it would be like, oh, yeah, Fraser. He doesn't work. He just, he just moves off. He's pacing trucks. And they, they'd always, they never took me seriously because right. my job to them, I mean, they, they did take me seriously, but my job to them was what their hobby was. You know, they would work on a car on the weekend, and I'd work on the car all week. And I would always make jokes saying, yeah, you work on the car in your garage until you screw it up, you bring it to my shop and fix it. And um, 
And so they were like, so well, what are you going to do when you retire? I'm like, well, actually, I just got a job. <laughs> and they were like, that's so freaking typically. It's like, really? Yeah, that's how you roll. Yeah. So I go, yeah, it's got to, it's like, it worked. I have a, I could be there at a certain time and everything. It's even got insurance. Dental plans. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool how things open up. And, you know, I wanted to dovetail into that because it's kind of the same thing. And you kind of mentioned earlier and through, you know, the name Disney and, and Acme and Lucasfilms and stuff. But I tell you, if any, if someone hasn't watched yet, I, I've i long been a big fan of, you know, Back to the Future and, and you know, all the Steven Spielberg's works and all this stuff. But, you know, I, I always knew about Industrial Light and Magic, and I, I never – I didn't know all the ins and outs on exactly why it was started, I assume, because of Star Wars and all that. But for folks, if you do have Disney+, Plus, you got to watch uh, Industrial Light's. And man, it is an amazing uh, series, dude. If you haven't seen it yet, well, any of the um, the Imagineering episodes, yes. also yeah. for Disney are amazing uh, to watch. We literally uh, uh, we have Disney Plus running twenty four seven at in, in some one of the monitors in the back of the where Johnny's carving or the guys are doing artwork and stuff. And at the shop, it, it's uh, that, that's that's like a big part about, about those uh, that channel is actually just a documentary. Uh, yeah. aspects of it and uh there's a lot of people forget about some of the, the original people that created these programs but the, the the way they all created them is they all they, yeah they were probably afraid to change but they still did it anyway yeah um you just can't be can't be scared it's like oh nothing really to be scared of. i used to always make jokes like what are you gonna do kill me no it's like i don't know if i don't like it go do something else uh so many people are so wrapped up in like oh i can't fail it's like what are you talking about that's the only true path to success is failure. And people freak out when I say that. And they're like, we're talking about, oh, I'm the biggest failure in a room. I go, I own failure. You know, just fail upwards. You'll fail better. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? I go, no, if you're going to fail, you'll hear that joke. If you're going to screw something up, own it. That's the same thing. If you're going to fail, own it. Do it. Um, if, if, you, if you're successful at something without failing, you either, uh, A, very lucky, B, did something really simple. So who cares? You know, anyone can do it. Or uh, C stole it from someone else. You know, if, if you haven't failed somewhere along, the, the 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 path of failure leads to the best success. And uh, it sounds unusual, but it's it's just the way it is. And I didn't invent that. That's a phrase that's been around forever. I think Walt even had a couple of quotes concerning concerning failure. You know, you always heard that story. First, you don't succeed, try, try again. That's kind of lame because it just seems like you're just trying to commit someone to just keep on trying to get up on that horse, you know, rub some dirt on and walk it off. Whatever those those colloquialisms are, the base reality is, well, you know, are you just going to quit? Because people say, well, well sometimes what if, what if something just doesn't work out? You, you eventually quit. I go, no, I eventually stop. I don't quit. I'll use every alternative. I'll try every single thing. I'll beat that horse to death before I realize, um, okay, I'm either going to change the direction a little bit, um, change my emphasis, or I'll stop doing this and I'll do something else. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to like just quit and waste the energy on it. I'm going to, I'm going to just get as much out of that R and D as possible. And that's the way you have to look at it. And every one of your failures, if you don't learn from your failures, uh, that's a sad situation because oh, yeah. that's that's a better that's a better teacher than any book. Or any course you could ever take in any university, yeah, uh, is, is failure. And but so many people are scared of failing. They're afraid of the public stigma of failing. They're afraid of, uh, <clears throat> you know, they'll they'll work on a TikTok video, 
more than they'll work on their career. Right. And they'll be making sure that TikTok video is perfect. I go, and I'm not going to make fun of TikTok and say you can't do anything with it because that'd be stupid. There's a lot of people that have. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Anyone can get a TikTok video. Anyone can go viral with TikTok. So if you can do that, and yeah, maybe you maybe you did 500 shots of that 10 second video before you got to win your life. Well, what prevented you from doing that with something else in your life that actually, you know, it doesn't matter more, matters at least just as much. Mm. And you know, and so that's just the way it is. You know, people will get really good at playing slot machine. The point will have spot the right slot machine. They know how this. They know the algorithm. Whatever. And I always laugh with like, these professional gamblers if they actually took that motivation. Now, granted, they like to do it. They want to do it. It's sure. a passion there. If they can apply something else, they're going to find out that all the years of gambling, uh, you can just work for them and find the same amount of money. But if you love gambling, do it. If you're good at it, you love it, do it. I'm not, you know, not going to yep. say not to. Yep. Unless you're in the street and you're homeless and you have no work whatsoever, <laughs> you still love it. Well, then you got a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Michael Jordan, you know, famously said, you know, I missed 9,000 shots in my career, lost 300 games 26 times. Yeah. I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, yada, yada, yada. And he said that, you know, I failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. And I think, like, that's a key thing that, uh, you know, going back to the whole change thing, there's a there's a book that, you know, circulated, still does, like in the corporate world, you know, who moved my cheese, right? It's a basic concept. Oh, but, yeah. But as you, as you know, and you kind of hit upon some of those things earlier, and I think that's something that's really key for people, you know, whether you're a mini trucker or you're a painter or a customizer, I've seen people's shops like really grow and thrive, like when they when they go outside their comfort zone and they, they talk to new clients, you know, or they go to a show maybe that isn't their normal MO, but they go to a show, they meet a new client, you know, and I think that networking and stuff too is such a huge thing for people. Well, you don't want to be inbred. Um Mini trucking, and this is my opinion, which is my opinion. Um, mini trucking came about because the customer industry became inbred. And all of a sudden, it had some offshoots. There's people that didn't have the money to play at a certain level. There's people that got sick of seeing the same cars over and over again. People got sick of seeing certain paint jobs over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so the, it, it was more grassroots. And and you could always argue what, you know, it's the same thing the chopper craze and the, the rat rock craze and the different crazes that have popped up throughout the years. Uh, if you look at them, they're all based on when customizing, which if you really look at the definition of custom, this anything is not stock, something is not factory, something's custom. And then you always, we even customize the word custom and put a K in front of it to make it even more special because right. all of a sudden uh, factories start making things with the word custom in it. We're like, that's no fair, you know? Um, and so when customizing becomes the standard, then something else has to become the new standard. Something has to become the new, the new custom. Uh, vans back in the day, I think I made a comment about this. I probably said, I say this a lot. I probably said on your last podcast, when the van industry died out, it was literally because the, everyone had that. You know, almost people were customizing all these vehicles and customizing all these cars and all the crazy cars that came out in the 60s and 70s. And the van craze at the point where, remember, El Capitan Van's logo, they had a logo that was like, we'll put a custom van up in the garage. That's, the, that's also the name on the top. Mm -hmm. Because when everything is custom, then what becomes special? It's like, it's like that, uh, was it, The Incredibles. You know, when everyone's special, no one is special. Well, when everything is custom, then what's going to be the norm? And what's the biggest offshoot of custom industry from the 70s and 80s? It was the restoration industry of putting everything back to stock. And that became, to this day, NOS and all those stock parts. Well, 
when the African kind of started going crazy, you know, the mini truck kind of came out there as a side shoot. Like, okay, we, we're going to do something different. We're not going to, I'm not going to customize this car like my dad did or my uncle did or someone or Ed Roth did. I'm going to do my own thing. And there's a little bit of anarchist in, in all customizers because you're going against the time. You're going against stock. And that's one of the reasons I love the industry so much. And, and when it changes and goes and something, and some people say, well, do you turn your back on the industry? I'm like, no. I go, the industry is, I go, how can you turn your back on a round room? I mean, the customer industry is wherever you want it to be. Wherever you go, you make a custom. Uh, when I started working with Ron, uh, Ron Daniels here, Daniels Woodland, we were at one of our final talks and we were signing all the papers and stuff. And, and he was like, yeah, you may look to regret this. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, uh, I can say the same thing for you. He's like, well, there's a lot of changes. And I'm like, no, no, there's not. I'm not changing anything. I go, I didn't come to you. You hired me. And it was kind of a joke. And I wasn't being mean about it. I wasn't being being a jerk about it. But it was the truth. Is like, he hired me for a reason. He hired me because I'm, I, I, I just jump up and down and do whatever you tell me to do. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I had my own clients, my own things, my own ideas. And the whole deal was I still get to work for Disney. I still get to do my own stuff. As long as it's not... A conflict of interest. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go work for a competitor and bid against myself. Yeah, but uh, it, it was impossible to say no to that. Yeah, even Dion, like, uh, no, you're an idiot to say no to it. Plus, at the same time, Dion's worked for, for Dallas Woodland also. I, uh, I did come out on a job that I was working on. Uh, we were doing something for EA, EA Sports. We were building a. This is before I even worked there. I was doing some other stuff for Daniel. Uh, this is three years back. And Dion came out to do the bodywork on a horse speeder. It was a Star Wars horse speeder. He built an exact replica, but all metal. Mm-hmm. And it was really badass, and Dion had to do some bodywork on it. And so he came out for a couple of days, brought the trailer, and stayed there and uh, worked on that. So he's worked for him also. And uh, understand this, we've got a couple of, of jobs down the road that are going to be automotive. We've got a, some interesting customers I can't really talk about now because they're kind of NDA for yep. clients. But... Uh, yeah, Dion and Ladder are going to be on those things major. So, the same way that Dion's got some stuff lined up, I've got to go over town probably the next week, couple weekends and do some stuff with that too. Yep. Exactly. It's smart. We're talking with Craig Frazier from Craig Frazier Studios and so much more, of course. Um, you know, interesting points you made a few minutes ago, and I appreciate, you know, the, the discussion there. Um, I'm curious about something that you kind of ventured off and did. Um, I really enjoyed this may end badly with Craig Frazier. Can you talk to us a little bit about it, man? Cause it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I had uh, a buddy of mine, Justin Shank. He had one of the, I think it's number of top number of podcasts in, in the nation or something. Uh, if you ever want to check, check it out. It's the growth now movement by Justin Shank. He has great guests on there. And, um, and uh, he, he I, I've known him for a little while. We met at, at, a, at a convention called The Thing. It was like an entrepreneur's convention that Terry Weaver puts on. If you want to check that out, it's called The Thing, and it's a convention that a lot of entrepreneurs go to, great speakers. And we met, and he was, we're talking to him, and you have to get podcast. And then Terry Weaver, who runs The Thing, and uh, he's also a good friend of mine, he's also, uh, and he's kind of one of my mentors. I get a lot of good advice from him. And I always tell people, if you did, if you have a mentor, I guarantee he does too. If you have one mentor, your mentor probably has five. Mm-hmm. You need people wow. that, and, and you don't need to learn from someone up on a fucking peak in India or something, some Tibetan monk or something. You can learn from somebody. I, I have some mentors that are younger than me. I have a couple of my students that have mentored me in certain things that they've just like, holy crap, they can see the forest because I couldn't because the trees were in the downline. And 
and like Terry Terry runs the um, the Walt Disney World podcast for Disney. And that's a huge podcast. Wow! And he said you need to really do one. This because there's just something wrong with the way that yeah. you do. He, 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 he would make jokes about me saying he introduced me at events to say this is Craig Fraser. He's the um, the pretty much the un, he would call me the the demotivational speaker because <laughs> I come out there and I would just do everything completely backwards right. and I would just go up and just 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 do my own thing. And he's like, he goes, Craig doesn't have a filter. And he goes, and that's good. He goes, and, uh, and, uh, so we started out and I remember talking to Terry and I go, I don't even know what I would call it. He said, so self-serving to have your podcast. I go, plus it's probably not going to do well. It's not going to end badly. And Terry goes, that's it. This may end badly. <laughs> I'm like, and instantly I'm like, okay, this doesn't sound like too much fun. <laughs> and I hooked up with my buddy, uh, uh, Ricky Bird, who owns Hectic Films in Bakersfield. If anyone is into uh, really cool uh, B-movies and, uh, and short indie films, he's one of the best indie filmmakers I know, which is kind of funny because I only know a few anyway. But he, uh, he, he produced Naked Zombie Girl. He's produced a number of, of great movies out of Bakersfield. And, um, and I've done some produ- production work with him and, and also had done some storyboarding and done things with so I talked him into working with me on the podcast, and we we kind of I wanted it to be not just a live uh, it was a live podcast, but it wanted to be video too, and that proposed a really interesting problems. So we had a couple of programs that don't like each other that we Jerry rigged into working, and yeah, we had technical problems in the very beginning, and we had technical problems until the last episode, which I think was sixty five. You know, I, I only wanted to go one year to get the trial, uh-huh. and I ended up going to sixty five episodes. It just got to the point where. I had to make a decision and I already, I was still doing the podcast when I moved here to Paso yep. and it made it difficult because I love doing it in the studio with Ricky, with Ricky in front of me and Ricky's on one side of the monitor and I'm on the other and uh, Simon was off to the side uh, doing production. So it was great. We had some really good, really interesting guests on the show. And you can still, if you guys want to check it out, it's called This May and Badly. You can uh, find them on YouTube. And you can subscribe on YouTube to it. As I say, we did 65 episodes. I, I think only maybe 62 were actually on online mm-hmm. because we we're still figuring out YouTube and everything else. And um, but it was good. I've had people say, "Oh, well, why did you stop the podcast?" And, uh, it gets to a point where I had to make a decision, yeah. and I I either have to. I'm not going to. If I have two cars, I want to make badass, and I don't have the time. I'm not going to make one look great and one look like shit. I'm definitely not going to make both of them look half ass. I'm going to have to say no. You get to a point where you have to say no. My wife brought it up. She's actually one of my best mentors. She, she was like, uh, there's only really so much time in the day. Yeah. That you can, you, you know, you're going to have to say no to something. And so it was, it was difficult to say no because it was fun, but it was the most stressful thing I did outside of my work because it was out of my element. And I swear I'm a masochist because when I'm out of my element, I have a blast killing myself doing it and it was really fun but it just also was to make it monetize, to monetize it i would have to take it to another level and uh we we were sponsored we had sponsors so it didn't cost me any money but it is it cost me time and if you if anyone knows it money is great but time is more valuable than money because you can always make money yeah. uh that time so i had to say no to it you know i, I never i never did the last episode which means yeah, you know, I can always come back. You know, I can always bring it back down the road. Uh, but and I might. I, I, I always tell people, uh, no, I don't burn bridges. I just slightly scorch them a little bit, make them unappetizing. <laughs> I never, 
I never burn them. I always want to make sure I have a little something I can go back to. Fun. So, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to check them out, they're really, uh, they were fun. Um, I just, uh, I just got bummed. I, I never got a chance to have you on the podcast. I was going to, I was going to have, uh, you, you and Vicky Mike on there sometime. Yeah. No, that would have been cool. But, you know, to your point, I'll I tell think. I'll you what, if I start it up again, start up again, you're my first, you're my first <laughs> freaking guest. Dude. Oh, man. You're my first freaking... <laughs> You're far too kind, man. I'm not that cool. But I think, like, you know, you bring up a good point because something I've had to do the past couple years is, like, we all love social media. Like, I'm on Instagram a little too much, looking at Lincolns or mini trucks. But, like, I've also had to, like, peel away and say, look, you know, sometimes we'll go on Facebook and I'm like, oh, I want to look at something. And I'm on there 10 minutes and I'm like, what was I looking for again? Oh, yeah. So I've had to, like, back down certain things. And some of my friends are like, well, you know, you're not on social media much or, you know, I don't see you post stuff. And I was like, you have to, like, kind of figure out kind of what we're talking about, like what's most important, whether it's the podcast or growing your business or focusing, right? So I, I encourage yep. people to do that. Like, you know, if there's things that you can slice a little bit of time and, and you know, you start going to night school or you start learning something new or taking an online program or, you know, uh, you know, uh, school or whatever, like you can always, like you said, you can always squeeze time. But, you know, when people say, and I try to, I try not to say this when somebody goes, well, you know, they ask me a question. I go, well, I've got no time. I, you know, I can't do that. Like we could all, like you could quit your job and have time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. always, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you said earlier. It's like, you really have to like focus on, you know, where is your time and energy really need to go in that day in that age, you know? So, yeah, well, there's a, there's an interesting quote. I don't know who said it to me. Uh, uh, it was, uh, that you are the sum total of five people you spend the most time with. And, when I say to five people, they don't have to be people. That can be Facebook. That can be Instagram. That can be TikTok. That can be you know, video games. But you know, with the, with the, if you dip up your day and you figure out the five people or items that you spend the most time with, that is you. Whether you like it or not. And now it's either you because it reflects you, which makes people feel good. But the reality is it, you will become the five things you spend the most time around, whether you like it or not, which means if you're around toxic individuals or toxic environment, you will become that. Mm-hmm. You won't know why. You won't even see it coming. You know, uh, and, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. But stop. You can't just say, oh, well, I'll add this much good stuff in my life because I really like that negative. I really like that one. You waste a lot of time on this. I'll just, I'll just spend more time doing this instead. Nah, you know, you know, one bad apple ruins a barrel. But last time I checked, if you put a good apple with a bunch of bad ones, you don't magically get freaking better. Uh, you know, yeah. and that's that's the thing you have to realize is you have to eliminate toxicity. Uh, otherwise, it just it will slowly just uh, bend you to the Eat point it. where you know, people, yeah. I and mean, you, you say getting hit, getting hit with a hammer is not good, but after a while, you don't mind it. <laughs> it's not because the ham- it's not because the hammer's hitting you less because all of a sudden you rationalized and accepted it and it's still doing the damage. You just don't know it. Oh yeah. So that that, that can get you. And uh, and that was it. You know, I, I, I didn't have a lot of uh, you know I, everyone always wants to hear the horror stories. They always want to know what happened, why'd you leave the industry? And I'm like, you know something, I had that back when, you know, I mean, my first major was computer science with a, with a minor in music. And I had people thought I was going to go into a career in music. And they're like, whatever happened? And then when I left computer science, and went to aeronautical engineering. And they're like, oh, what happened? And I got bored. I tried something different. I want to do something different. Um, 
leaving aeronautics and going to architecture in the 80s was easy. McDonnell Douglas laid off 2,000 people in 1986. I didn't have a job waiting for me. My grandfather worked there, and I had a job waiting. Nope, not anymore. Mm. So I went to architecture instead, went to Cal Poly. Uh, everything is cause and effect. And if you're not instrumental in making the, 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 chip, the cost or the change, then you're still going to go with the effect. Mm. It's just a lot better. You know, it's like, you know, I, I personally, um, you know, I like driving cars. I don't like sitting in the back of a car for a couple of reasons. Let's sit in the back of a car, I get car sick. But also, I like being in control. Um, if you see me driving passenger and someone else is driving, because I can completely trust that person. Otherwise, I don't like it. And mm-hmm. it's not me being in control. It's me understanding the fact that I will completely accept my own consequences. But I don't like accepting others, other people. So, you know, when, when, when you're, when you're you know, making those changes, it goes back to that thing we talked about, as I mentioned earlier, that so many people are, they're just like, oh, this person's making a change. I go, are they making a change or are you just refusing to change? Mm-hmm. And they're trying, because some people will try and make you change into something you don't want to do. And they'll try and convince you. Oh, yeah. Other times, you may, you may think this person's trying to change me. In reality, they're just trying to help you. And trust me, after a while, they'll stop, you know. Yeah, it's good. Um, Three points. Yeah, and if, you're, and if you can't help yourself, you know, if you're depending on other people to help you, well, that's nice. But you're a charity case, pretty much. You know, if, if you can't make your own change, if you can't recognize it, you can't spot it, you can't spot the problem, yeah, then you've been, you know, you've been sitting on your own brand too long. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you're buying your own hype. You know, use whatever analogy you want. Uh, you basically just create a gross rationalization for failure. And then when, when and then when things go wrong, you're just like, oh. And then I, I'm always amazed by people that that get all depressed and sad, and they're like, and I always make jokes. I always say, I'm a cynical, and they're like, what's that? That doesn't make any sense. That's an oxymoron. Cynical? You're a cynic and an optimist. In fact, no, I'm a cynical optimist, which means I believe that everything's going to go wrong. I don't <laughs> just have a plan A or a plan B. I got a plan freaking Z. Yeah. And when something when something goes wrong, I'm like, hey. Look, I already kind of planned for that. I may have contingency for it, but even if I don't have a contingency for it, I at least have so many other plans I can think on my feet on how to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I deal with it, and look how smart I am. When things go right, Christmas came out. I can't tell you how many, more, how many depressing individuals I've met that are optimists because they're just 100% optimistic without anything to back it. And then when things go wrong, get turned around. They're the kind of people that go, "Why do you hate me, God? You know, you know what? God hates me. What? The, why am I doing this? this? The world is against me." No, it's not. The world's just not going to do everything for you. And you just kind of came out a little bit late in the game on that one. So, and it, it sounds kind of mean spirited to say this to people, but you know, at my age, if I'm talking to people at my age, I was like, hey. "Yeah, <laughs> you haven't figured it out. Yeah, yeah think- just going to retirement community." Yeah, exactly. I mean, great. Great points. Again, you could write a motivational book, and 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 you know, it's it just it's honestly really everything I just said is probably in a dozen motivational right, books. Right. <laughs> yeah, but and that sometimes they just re you know re say it. And and after you were on the first yeah. time, I remember people commenting and, and telling me they go, man, you know, Craig could easily be a, a life coach for anyone. And I said, yeah, it's a lot of positive words. But I wanted to hit upon this cool thing. So on on gotpaint.com, the old site. Oh, dude, yeah, that thing's old. It's yeah. still there. <laughs> I refuse to let it die. Not that I haven't tried to kill it, but now I just want to keep it there to see how long something. I mean, there's. I swear, there's some stuff in there from. Front, I have front pages beta program in there. Still. Wow. I mean, 
I mean, when I start, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, there's not another website in the custom industry that's as old as that one. I, I started that one in 1994. Wow. In 1994, and people say, well, why don't you keep it up? I don't even know if I can actually get into it anymore. That's like 20 versions of Dreamweaver ago for me. I'm like a, I'm like archaic now. And uh, I don't even know if I want to get it. I don't have to leave it the way it is. So if, if people say, oh, this is, this is broken. I go, you found only one thing broken on that site? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's my Chernobyl. It's my Chernobyl of online data. I'm just worried it's going to start leaking into the system and then I'll have to be accountable for it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're gonna hit you one day and say, do you know this website's got all kinds of... Uh, secret codes. <laughs> You're like, I don't. Know. It does. It does. It, it's it's got so much crap on there and stuff. And we, oh yeah, we have all kinds of fun with that internet. That's good times. Well, it's kind of a small world. So our friend Josh Ellis, you know, he he owned the Look That Kills yeah. for a while, and you know, he he has sold the truck, and uh, we had Jeff mm-hmm. Godet on and whatnot. But the small world is, is that like you guys at Cal Concepts Air Syndicate. You know, you you guys were really good friends with Doug DeBerti, and when Doug, oh yeah, you know, being that he lived like, or well, excuse me, where his business was at is stone's throw from where Josh was at. So like, you know, we we were able to have Doug on, and Brad, you know, jumped on the podcast one time too as well. But it's so cool to look back at some of the old photos, you know. And you talked a little bit about it, but now I've seen more of the photos and stuff of like the epic stuff that they created that you guys created. And then like even Doug still got some of the old like billet weight benches and billet, you know, palm trees and stuff. I mean, it's really crazy oh. and you guys are on separate sides, but I mean, dude, what, what an amazing yeah. guy he is. Oh no, Doug, Doug's a great guy. Doug is, uh, Doug cracks me up. Or at least call him Daniel. He can always get mad. <laughs> Daddy Doug. And, uh, even though he's actually younger than me, but, uh, no, it, it, he, the funny thing about Doug is Doug would come up with ideas, and I always like to think I'm creative. But Doug would come up with an idea, and I'd be like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. That's just stupid." <laughs> and it, like, I remember he's like, "Check out, check out this 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 hitch ball I'm going to do. The giant billet hitch ball. It was like the size of a magic ball. This big billet hitch ball. He goes, it, it covers up your your hitch." I go, "You know, the point of covering up your hitch ball is you're covering up your hitch ball, not elaborating your hitch ball." I go, "That just doesn't make any sense." I go, "It's dumb. No one's going to buy it." He made a fortune. Someone that giant billet pitchfall. Yep, yep. I and then, uh, yeah, and then he had those antennas, little built antennas. And I'm an old stereo. I'm a stereo audiophile. I love stereos. I love all the uh, when the double diversity tuners came out, Pioneer, all this kind of stuff. So when I put a car stereo in the car, I went to work. And he had these bitchin' looking billet antennas that sucked. I'm like, this is not a good antenna. You actually have to have an antenna somewhere else in the car, so this one looks good. That's just like, that's just dumb. And he made a fortune from it. And then maybe turned around, he's like, hey, look, I'm going to make billet yo-yos. At this point, I'm like, you know something? Go for it, uh, bitch, and billet yo-yos are badass. And guess what? You were badass. And he sold a buttload of them. At that point, I was just dug to turn around and say, I'm going to I'm gonna make a you know, billet bricks and, and put them in homes. So you got to build a, a brick house out of billet. I'll be able to knock yourself out, Doug. Go for it. That dude has got some serious, uh, what I would like to call innovative creativity. Yeah. Yeah, he he does. And, you know, what's been cool is, you know, I follow his son on social media and stuff and like how the pedigree has, you know, transferred and you think about all the success that he's had and he talked a lot about that. But, you know, it just was always ironic to me that you guys were like side by side for shop wise. And then, you know, he ends up on the East Coast. You guys are still kind of on the West and but, you know, you still dabble in the same stuff, you know, and that's the cool thing about being a car person 
is, you know, you oftentimes, you know, you, you may go in a little different direction, as you said earlier, but you're, you're not that far away from, you know, kind of, um, you know, the, the stuff that's in your blood, you know what I mean? The, the car stuff. Yeah. Well, even before the internet, I never felt that separate. I mean, uh, doing with people that were on the East Coast, I did a lot of, uh, traveling with Airbrush Action Magazine back in the, in the early 90s. And uh, the internet was, it was there, but it was, it was, you know, you've got mail, that's about it, you know. Um, and there, there was not the the, the, the following off the Facebook, not the Instagram, you know, there was, there was hardly any communication except for mm. emails. But I never felt that separate from these stuff, but I got to travel over there. We had trade shows. We mm-hmm. See all of our buddies at the SEMA show. All of our East Coast guys would be at the SEMA show, and then I'd go over to a trade show in Florida, or I'd go to a show over, you know, I go to the, the bike, you know, we go to Daytona, you know, Bike Week, and and uh, so I, when it comes to customization, I, I always, I never really thought it was a, it was never like a rivalry, like like rapping became with uh, with Tupac and Biggie, and and it wasn't. If you really look into that, it wasn't even then that started it. It was the instigators around them. So when you see a lot of people trying to separate East and West Coast, um, anyone's ever trying to start a fight and they're not even part of it, they, they have an agenda. And it's, sometimes it's not even a bad agenda. Sometimes you just want, they just like the excitement. They want the drama. Sure. And so I never really saw it as being a rivalry or even being that separate. So when Doug moved over there, it wasn't like, oh, well, I mean, I, I hadn't done anything for Doug in a little while. This was doing different direction than I was on stuff. And I would still consult with him every now and then. He wanted me to come out and, and do the van for him um, at the time. And and I couldn't do it uh, with work and some other commitments I had at the time. I just couldn't do it. And he had Jay go out and do it. And it worked off the better anyway. It worked out really good. The van came out killer. And then I've, I said, I've done a couple of things for him off and on. I, I just did a couple of concept renderings not too long ago for a project that may or may not happen. I've heard back from on it. So there's still stuff going on yeah. and I'd have no problem. I mean, right now my, in the past I could always, if I was busy because I was busy, you know, and it wasn't me being mean, but, but I had to delegate my time. If I didn't make time for you, it wasn't because someone was telling me I could, it's because I was telling you. And now it still is that way, but uh, yeah, I got a, I got a, I got two twin brothers that are my bosses at Daniel Woodland. And, so when it comes down to it, I have quite a bit of free reign, except when it comes down to Craig, we got this job, this is the demo, we're getting it done. So I probably don't have as much time as I could in the past to, to do something with Doug in the future. But the funny thing is, I probably could actually make mine better because it, turn it over, not, not, because in the past, I literally would, you know, I was my, my own boss. I used to make jokes saying, uh, I'm self-employed. And I'm a sole proprietor and self-employed. My boss is an asshole, and uh, <laughs> and that's the truth. I was the I was the worst uh, boss slash employee known to mankind. I I I haven't done hardly any. I, very few all-nighters. I think I've done maybe two all-nighters this year on projects, and it wasn't because I wasn't prepared. It was because something went south and we had to get it done. And that's because I have a team now I can depend on. And I have the, I mean, me and Dion in Lambie. We're a team also, Nino Brown, and we, you know, we, and then back in the day, Kyle was there. We were all a team. We all depended on each other. But we also, we were the guys with five plates at the buffet t- table. We didn't know when to stop piling on the plates. And that can start after a while. We'll, we'll kill you. And uh, we got better at towards the end. But I remember we used to always take on too much. 
<laughs> one year, one year we we uh, I can't remember what year it was. We had thirteen vehicles we staged at SEMA, wow. and that means we brought thirteen vehicles. We painted, we customized, we staged thirteen vehicles at SEMA, and we also uh, uh, were, were instrumental in uh, house of color, uh, chisel suspension, and I believe uh, you water boots. We had instrumental stuff in those booths. I think we designed and built the water booth that year too. So mm-hmm. it was it was psychotic. We had three months of nothing but SEMA. Luckily, the clients that SEMA were paying. Otherwise, you do all that work with SEMA, and all of a sudden, you're like, uh, yeah, I'm my own client. I'm broke. So you know that would happen. But uh, it's nice. It's nice having a team now that uh, I, you know it, it's very similar to the way I was leading on Wednesday, except it's a lot more. <laughs> which has to be because if, if we've got a, you know, before it'd be like, Hey, we got a $30,000 job coming up or something or a $6,000 pay job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to brokering a couple million dollars a year on something we're doing for a client down the road. And it's a little different. There's a yeah. little bit, I keep checking that a little bit. And, and I would be definitely up a little bit more if I didn't, have the knowledge of the people at Daniel Woodland that are backing up on it. Because I was like, you, you, you have Craig million, you have Craig uh, broker a couple million dollar deal. You're 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 going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I there's one thing I'm good at, baby, spending other people's money. <laughs> I doubt right. All my life. Yeah, it, may, it makes things o- a little OPM. bit. Makes things OPM, a little bit. Baby. <laughs> yeah, other people's money exactly. Mm-hmm. Last thing I have on um, for D- Doug DeBerti. So something that someone had sent me, and I remember seeing photos, but there were a couple of dualies that he had built, and I think um, Josh had talked to Doug, and they called them double, uh, double knuckle. Double knuckle. Yes. The, the double knuckle duallys. Yeah. Yeah, that was like so long ago. But th- those, I think, made the only thing I had wanted to ask is like I. I don't remember ever seeing them here. I think they were like shipped right over to Japan or something. No, 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 no. There was there was two. Okay, Doug Doug and Man and the Doug's partner back then. He had these dual these matching dualies, and uh, Doug's had shaved taillights, and Manny's did. And there were some some things that were a little bit like we would say Doug's was better than Manny's was. Uh, I believe Doug's did get shipped over to Japan or to another country. Uh, Manny's was purchased by, I forget his name. Oh, man, I think his name. I want to say Sean, but I don't think that was his name. He was a guy that lived in Bakersfield, or Eric. Ah. Eric. I could, he had it for a while, and I used to see it all the time over Scotland. That's pretty cool, yeah. Because it, it yeah, turned up, so. there's there's that rare magazine in Japan called, it, it says Boob Car. But it stands for like custom car, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's still technically around, but it was funny because someone, one of the Japan guys, sent me a photo, and it was like, like it was on a cover over there. And it's cool because yeah. even our customs, Rick Bentley had sent me when uh, Big Mike's truck, you know, it was obviously mm-hmm. on the first street trucks, but then it was like it was in this feature in two thousand. It was in Cal Mac. Yeah, also Cal. In Cal that's right. That's what Cal. it was. That yeah. one was Cal. Yeah, and, and that, so that's was- a rare magazine. Yeah, so was Biggie's S10, which wow. later, but that was Biggie's S10 became Dion's. Uh, oh yes, the S10 that Dion tricked out. Yeah, and that was also, and then uh, I believe we got any jokes that uh, it was it was uh, um, Kirkland. Kirkland was the first, or one of the first owners of the, the Look That Kills, and it actually got into Cal Magazine. 
before it was on the Mac. Yes, yes, and I've seen that one. Yeah. Was Josh and it was Kirk, it was, it was Ryan. It was it was not James Kirkland. It was Ryan Kirkland because I remember Ryan yeah. Kirkland's wife posted with it in the photograph. I think I think uh, Sean Cross. Yeah, it was something like that. And um, our friend Jason Redden, he had got that magazine. He had that magazine, and he uh, he gave it to Josh, which was cool. And it, it ended up going with the truck when he sold it, which I thought was cool. You know, if but, you um, go to if you go to Got Paint, if you look in the magazine section, granted half the links don't work, but that Cal magazine cover is on, on the Got, Got Paint website. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, we, I think we had about sixty or seventy of the covers. And uh, Dion stopped counting at about 120. Yeah, but we had going way back to maybe before I was there. You know, he was you know, the first cover that we had together um, was uh, on street trucks. It was a Streetmaster um, truck that we did for Dr. Birdie. It was, it was also the very first time I went to see him in '92. Oh wow! I did the rendering, and then we ended up doing the paintwork on it. And uh, it was for it was Streetmaster and Trailmaster, same company. And we had uh, we did both trucks: the tra- Trailmaster truck with the four wheel drive and the cover truck, and, and then the Streetmaster truck was, uh, on the inside for one add. You're making me go back like, thirty years. My my memory ain't that good, dude. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, Dion Dion's a freaking machine when it comes to memory. He's probably still listening to this podcast. Call me up and say you got half that shit wrong. Right? Yeah, so. and, and dude, we loved having him on. You know, he he was such you know he was so cool and. You know, we talked about a lot of that stuff, but you know who also had a good memory, and I know you know him from the industry is, you know, I'm sure you guys are friends or whatever, but Doug Starbuck, he... Oh, yeah. Dude, Doug, yeah. man, I mean, he I, he blew my mind because I guess I think he moved his shop or he was selling or kind of retiring or scaling back, but like... When now he his said, landlord sold the property or something oh, last wow. time I heard on one of the... So he had to get out of that. Yeah, and well, I couldn't believe his business, like how clean it was back there, and he had like every, you know, cover on the wall, and like even magazines, and I was like, man, I've never even heard of this, and it was like, yeah, I got that one too, I was like, holy shit, but uh, I always tease, I always always tease Doug, he's like, yeah, the only reason in the new state and business is because Doug paid him, because none of us did, we were dicks, <laughs> we just... They sent it to us. They're like, oh, we never got it. Hey. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, so in the news is like a stone throw from the here. <laughs> and they, they went out of business, right? Or I guess they I sold. Because right. I didn't pay him for all the covers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, Ryan Sumner, who was one of their best employees, he dealt with all the mini trucking guys. He's, I think, restarted it, but he wasn't able to get the name for some reason. So... Uh, there's already guys that are ordering the black, so I'll have to t- have to tell them to send you an invoice. <laughs> no, no, <he's, laughs> just kidding. There's a reason he hasn't contacted me. And those guys aren't good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, we we would never be dicks about it. We would send it without asking. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, that was the big. And they were like, uh, "That's cool. Uh, thank you." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the big gag back then. But um, yeah. We're talking with Craig Frazier. Um, I don't want to take much more of your time, but I do want to bring this up. When we when we had you on last time, uh, we kind of connected over. You know, we talked about Ian Fleming for a brief moment, and yeah. we talked about James Bond. But since we've had you on, man, the world lost uh, Sean Connery, dude. Back in October 2020, yeah. was uh, you know was he your favorite Bond, or who was your favorite Bond? Sean Connery was my favorite Bond, um, just because and I. You got. If you don't like Sean Connery, you're a bad person. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I just love Sean Connery. I love the, and it's really funny because you listen to other people, other people in the town and the area he came in. They don't sound like that. 
Yeah. So I think he had a speech, I think he had a speech impediment, actually. If no one even passed him. I mean, what's so badass about Sean Connery is, is when he played Radius in um, Hunt for Red October, everyone had accents. Except, almost evidently, Captain Radius, uh, he went to Glasgow University, evidently, because he's not Russian, he's Scottish, or Welsh, whatever, but it just, I thought it was just hilarious uh, yeah. that happened. And But, um, yeah, I was really bummed when he passed away. I was really... Uh, you know, I, I to this day uh, will stand by, even though the the original Lost Ark Crystal Skull is kind of, yeah, I don't know, it's not that good of a movie. If he had to change that movie because he wasn't in it, because he he, he he just didn't want to do the script, and I think it was he'll say he didn't like the script. I don't think it was that. I think it was some other issues. Yeah, but, uh, if that movie without him in it wasn't as good. The same way that the reason Godfather 3 sucks is because Robert Duvall wasn't in the movie. Yeah. And he had to bring in George Hamilton and totally rewrite the whole thing. And Winona Ryder was sick and so they had to bring in Sophia Coppola. So you can go, I mean, I yep. I'll, I can geek out on Godfather and Bond all day long. But uh, yeah, I, he was he was my favorite. But I don't think he personified James Bond as the best. And um, the best personification, the best version was the guy that only played once. And that was George Lazenby, who played it in uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, um, and uh, when Telly Savalas played Blofeld. And in that one, if you really read all the Infunny books, that character, and he had funny that he even made a comment about Lazenby. But it was funny, Lazenby did that one, and he wanted to sign him off for another one. He was like, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need this around my neck. And so uh, they went Roger Moore. I mean, I loved them all. You know, even Timothy Dalton, who wasn't my least favorite Bond, um, I still like him. Actually, yeah. I like him the best in Rocketeer. Timothy Dalton was kick-ass in Rocketeer. Uh, it was just a chicken enough for him. But uh, I will say that, that Daniel Craig really, really dug him as James Bond. So when he came in, he had one request. He's like, I don't want anything that doesn't exist. In other words, I don't want this in, you know, invisible car. I don't want this. And, you know, the, the last one that, Roger, that Pierce Brosnan did was almost ridiculous. Um, I still loved it, all like Crosby, but the the special effects and stuff. And he just wanted just a good old uh, knockdown, drag out, knuckle buster of a James Bond, and that's that, that's cool. I love that the fact that he did have some gizmos, but no more than Jason Bourne, you know. And, uh, and I think that I think I think uh, Daniel Craig read it correctly because he saw that people were getting away from that. They wanted. You know, we wanted the, the realistic. You know, we wanted more. You know, the, the, the same way uh, Jason Bourne took off, and uh, you know, it might be highly improbable physical feats, but at least he doesn't have a watch that does a million things. You know, right? So, yeah. And what was ironic <laughs> is being a Lincoln fan, um, going back and just kind of love the nostalgia of the the periods of the different movies. But like Goldfinger is a fan favorite of a lot of folks and there's the uh what they call the they consider the car crushing scene and it's uh yeah. they filmed it in January of 64 in Miami and I found this through some of the making of but basically they the the 64 Lincoln was brand new so what they did is they kind of do a switcheroo you can barely kind of see it if you're a Lincoln guy and you could see they do switch the car but still it was a 63 car when they crushed it so they've always been on the cutting edge of like making people you don't go, wow, look at the tech, or wow, look what they're blowing up. But um, I'm anxious to see how it um, goes into, you know, the the next, I don't know, 50 years or so. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see who they're going to pick. It's going to be interesting to see how they're going to deal with bringing back. I mean, everyone, no one, everyone's been able to suspend the reality of the fact that James Bond never ages, and he keeps changing. He has the same name, but he's never was killed. Right. He never died. So I'm fascinated. I'm not upset by it. I'm, I thought it was a great movie. I loved it. I can't wait to see how they deal with it. And I hope you have the same quality writers that you've had in the last couple of them. Uh, and I heard that you do. Uh, I've looked at some of the candidates for the upcoming James Bond, and I'm stoked on all of them. I think all of them have bring something different to the table. But also, it's be interesting to see what car they go with. Because everyone's going to be like, okay, you know, what's the watch going to be? What's the car going to be? Yeah. Are they going to go old school? Are they going to, you know, Dan, you know uh, Daniel Craig's the one who wanted to bring back the Mark, the Austin Mark. You know, because uh, if you remember, Pierce Brosnan was BMW. You know, and it's it's iconic. It's kind of funny because you had uh, Jason Statham, you know, with the Transporter, did it with an Audi. You know, it's like you know, find a car. Uh, bit of trivia you probably know this being the James Bond nut, but uh, Goldfinger was not supposed to be AMC. Oh. Uh, Ford did not have their Mustangs ready in time, mm-hmm. and so they decided not to do it. They decided to pull it because that was their, their debut of some of some stuff. And so the opted out of it, and AMC at the last minute came in there, and that's why all the cars and the Goldfinger AMCs. Interesting, yeah, I know, because in that era, you know, especially now, I mean, even now, the the uh, partnerships with movies are big. We know that, but like in that era, that was like your way to go, dude. Like here, you know, especially Mustang, right? Because it was coming out around that that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's definitely always interesting, but yeah, I, I look forward to seeing you know what's what's next from the whole uh, franchise and whatnot. But um, dude, man, like we've talked about a lot of cool stuff, and I really appreciate it. Like, is there anything else maybe that we didn't hit on that you wanted to uh, to plug or something we missed? Um, no, I just uh, when we talked about it, I said, yeah, just you just leave. Uh, I, I had a blast last time, and I just let you just lead it. I mean, there's no. You no know, way you're going to stop me from talking anyway, but you just get in the right direction and I'll entertain. So uh, I think I can't really think of anything we haven't really covered. Yeah. Uh, if anyone is, if, anyone, if people know how to get a hold of me, I've still got the same day cell number. I've still got the same website, same uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, I can't remember what number I was at when I was doing my, was I, was I doing my nightly, my nightly sketches? When I did the interview with you, yeah, you were still podcast. doing them, and those were all, yeah, you were doing those. But like you I'm, said, I'm you still doing them now. I'm at I'm at two thousand fifty-seven oh, fifty-eight right now. Yeah. I'm okay. So so for so some, I, I guess I'm not on Facebook <laughs> as much, so I haven't even seen it. No, it's on Instagram. It's Instagram. I do share okay. the Facebook, but it's mostly on my Bond Fraser. Uh, it's if you go to Instagram, it's at Bond V O N F R A S E R at Bond Fraser, and you can just. Go in there, and you have to get the request because I've got stuff on there that I had to make private because to the Disney. But if you just request it, I, I, I let you on. And yeah. uh, I've got uh, I've got um, yeah two thousand I think two thousand fifty eight or fifty seven fifty eight. It was last night. I did a study. I, I, I do it in series. Like I'll do like oh, five or six things. I had bass players, and I think I did Gene Simmons last night. So I don't know who I'm going to do tonight. I think I've run out of my favorite bass players. I may have to just bought Scott over. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you did Ian Lemmy uh, Frazier recently. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ian Ian Frazier Killmister. Yeah, the, the lost Frazier. Yep. I just I just saw something about him because I was watching like the top. It was like the top fifteen um, rock and roll stars that kind of you know had maybe lost some money or whatever the story was. Some YouTube clickbait, but yeah, like he was man, he was hardcore for a long time. Man, rest in peace. Oh no, he's like he's one of my favorites. He's badass. I. 
I'm right now uh, trying to work a deal on doing a tribute uh, base for him with, with the state, with his family, and, some, and a couple of companies that the company that built his last name and working with them on that. So that's going to be, it's not a big secret or anything. We've been talking about it for a while, but I'm hoping to get my foot in the door on that one. And then uh, I keep on, I don't, I don't do the NAM show as much as I used to because COVID kind of stopped it for everybody. But um, we're still trying to get everything, you know, all the shows are still slowly coming back. I was able to do the Monster Palooza show which anyone that wants to see something fun, go to the Monster Palooza show in Pasadena in uh, next year around March, April, whatever. Just type in Monster Palooza. It's anything to do with the monster movie or the horror makeup industry. And uh, and I think we mentioned it last time. I was working for a couple of different movie production companies. I mentioned Glenn Hetrick and I was working at Alchemy and I was also working at Andy. I still do. I still do stuff for them occasionally. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to do more with those guys. I, I love doing the restoration on the old movie props and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I'd remind people, if you go to Von Frazier, as he mentioned, you can click on Instagram now. It's at the top. You click on the little bell. And when you do, it's going to open the menu so you can turn on post notifications. And that way you won't miss out on cool stuff. So I did that for his. But, yeah, I do recall now seeing a couple of these recently. And uh, it's always awesome. Yeah. yeah, and like I said, I just appreciate your candor. You know, growing up, reading the magazines and things like that, it's cool to be able to network with people um, like yourself and just, you know, for you to lend a little bit of time and, you know, just kind of shoot the shit. Um, so, like I said, I can't thank you enough. Appreciate the friendship. And, uh, you know, thanks for, you know, motivating us a little bit and just kind of giving us some things to ponder. Oh, no, anytime, man. And then uh, another, I just want to, one final plug. Uh, there's a gallery in, um, in Simi Valley called the Mary Lewis Gallery. And she's real heavy with Disney art, but she has some of my non-Disney stuff, some of my, my weird stuff. And uh, she's real sweetheart, but great gallery. If you're ever in the Simi Valley area, or just check out the Mary Lewis Gallery online. Um, she helps me out. I, I do, I, I regularly have artwork down there. I'm looking probably in the next month or so, probably in October, I'm going to actually go down there and do a live a live painting, and I still do signs and live paintings with Disney too. So, if you stay on my Instagram or my Facebook page, or even the Craig Frazier Studios page, which I don't upgrade that much since the podcast is was my main podcast vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, I'm on that. I'm on my Instagram mostly. Uh, I'll, I'll let notifications why not doing stuff. And then, uh, if everything works out well, I might even be at SEMA next year. It'd be the first time I've been at SEMA in seven years. Wow! And so, uh, but we 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 may have a build we're doing for it, and that's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, very cool. Well, dude, we wish you all the continued success. I mean, I've turned on the notifications there so I don't miss any, and I'll be kind of looking out as always just to see what's out there, and who knows, a year or two down the road, I'm sure we'll sync up again, and I appreciate your time, Craig. No, anytime, man. Looking forward to uh, to enjoying your podcast. Keep on cranking them out. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, it means a lot, bro, and stay on the rise, and I can't wait to come out to California and see you, man. Yeah, come out here. give you a tour. uh, There's a couple of cool wineries out here we'll, we'll hang out at. Oh, boy, I'm really in trouble then. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> There's a couple of tequila places here, too, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm really in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're hey, in real trouble. Hey, well, this, wineries, wineries, tequila's a chaser. <laughs> hey, I got a feeling, Craig, this may end badly. <laughs> uh, it always does. <laughs> uh, thanks again, my friend. Have a great night. You, too. Take it easy, bro.